For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore email marketing and social media marketing integrated with DJ Waldo, author of the book, The Rebel's Guide to Email Marketing. But before I do that, I want to share, also want to mention one more thing. Uh, We do have a voicemail hotline, and the way it works is you can call in to the voicemail hotline from your computer, and you can leave us a short voicemail with any question related to social media marketing or blogging. And if we choose your question, we will go ahead and uh, put it in a future episode of the Social Media uh, Marketing Podcast. In addition to that, we will link to your website on socialmediaexaminer.com on the show notes for that particular episode. The way that you can leave a voicemail for consideration with any question related to social media marketing is very easy. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. You can do it directly from uh, your web browser. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. So with that, let's transition over to today's interview with DJ Waldo. You're going to love this one. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I'm very excited to be joined today by DJ Waldo. If you don't know who DJ is, he's the co-author of a great book called The Rebel's Guide to Email Marketing. He's also the founder of Waldo Social, where he consults with businesses that want to improve their email marketing. DJ also co-hosts the Work Talk Show podcast, which I strongly recommend you check out. DJ, welcome to the show. Welcome. That was a lot of also's in there. <laughs> my, as you get older, I guess your resume of also's builds up. Well, you're doing a lot of more stuff, more. and I want to make sure you know people know about it. Yeah. So today, DJ and I are going to talk about email marketing and how and why you should consider it with your social media marketing. So DJ, um, my first question is, why do you think that social media marketers ought to focus on email marketing? Well, it, it's funny. I've actually... Um, Speaking of podcasting and 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 uh, other people who run podcasts, I I just listened to Chris Brogan's podcast the other day where he interviewed Jeff Pulver. 
Uh, and Jeff, I, I had heard na Jeff's name years ago, actually from um, another podcaster, Chris Penn, who talked about uh, his his famous quote, you live and die by your database. Mm. And I, I actually just tweeted him today about this. And I said, that's probably a phrase I say at least once a week. And the reason that's so important is because when it comes to email marketing, the email is your database. And you could, you could argue that you have a database, you know, kind of a virtual database of uh, social media followers, people who like you on Facebook or follow you on Twitter or Vine or whatever social network is the, the, the network of the day. Um, but, it, but at the end, the reality is your database is your contacts based on email. Email is that glue that binds everything together. Um, and not to discount social media by any means. I use it a lot, obviously. Social Media Examiner is, is, is based on uh, social media. But uh, you know, the idea is those email addresses come with you no matter where you go. Facebook tomorrow could decide to change the terms of services, um, which, as you know, they do often. And all of a sudden, all of your, your friends or followers uh, disappear. And email addresses will stick with you for the most part. Yeah, and I want to key on this a little bit. Um, for those of us that have been around a while in the world of social, remember the days with Facebook um, sending emails every single time there was an update of any kind. And Twitter it was the same way. So in many regards, if it wasn't for email, Facebook and Twitter would arguably not be what they are today, right? Because in the beginning, it was about pulling people back into the system and until they could eventually get programmed to go in and check every day. So email was really absolutely critical. So I'm with you 100% on that, DJ. Um, that well, I'd, I'd add to that real quick, Mike. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I use that. I, I had a slide in presentations I do when I talk about email and social, and I, I haven't used this much lately, but I went in at one point to Facebook and their notifications there are over a hundred different email alerts you can get from Facebook. I mean, assuming you turned everything on, you know, you can get alerted when somebody messages, when mentions your name, when somebody mentions, you know, comments on a thread that you're part of. And when blah, they blah, blah, tag blah. you in a picture, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do all sorts of craziness, but it, but keep in mind, Facebook still, even if you turn off most of the notifications, Facebook still messages you through email. Twitter still messages you. Pinterest has a weekly newsletter that they send out. I mean, all of the social networks are using social media, I'm sorry, using email marketing. And the other thing we haven't even addressed yet is just about every social networking site, if you sign up for it as a new user, you have to input your email address. Um, and most people forget that, I think, because if you're on Facebook, you've been on Facebook for long enough where you don't remember what it's like to create an account. But, you know, I'd encourage people to log out of your Facebook account or log out of Twitter and go to twitter.com or facebook.com for the first time and almost every single social network requires you to have an email address. Okay, so we know that email is important, but now let's dig a little bit deeper. For the social media marketer that's listening right now that's heavily involved with building, you know, an engaged and loyal following on Twitter and Facebook and the other social networks that are out there, why should they also somehow work email into their social media activities? Um, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about this and I'm actually reassured that I, I'm not alone in this. I've actually seen more and more of the, the quote unquote social media folks out there who are talking more about email lately. Um, and I'll give a, a couple of examples of people and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll answer, then I'll, then I'll answer your question. <laughs> um, Chris Brogan recently said something about, you know, his, his home base kind of, as he calls it is, is certainly his blog, but is also, he's focused a lot more on growing his list. Um, our mutual friend Amy Porterfield did a, 
uh, we- a free webinar just the other day talking about Facebook marketing, and she dedicated an entire section to email. And um, the the reason being is all of the you know using using uh, social media marketing, I think is is it's, you can certainly sell. You can, I've seen great examples of people using social media to sell. Um, and whether that's through Facebook or Twitter or other social networks. But what I've seen be a lot more successful, and this is something that both Chris Brogan and Amy Porterfield have, have validated, at least with their own list recently, is that you can use social media to grow your community and to get your fans talking about you and engaged and having conversations and, and building super fans, if you will. But it's harder to sell in those channels. Again, it can be done, but it's harder to do that. Whereas with email, you can take those loyal followers you have in social networks, bring them over to your email list, which is a little bit more of an intimate place in some ways, and you can still have that social conversation back and forth and make your emails a little bit more you know, personal and interactive. But then you can use your email to whether it's soft sell, a new course you have or a new product or something along those lines, or you can even on occasion hard sell and say, hey, listen, I'm about to tell you about a great product that I have. Um, And it's a little bit – I think it's just easier and a little bit more accepted to do that in the email channel versus the social channel. And, you know, DJ, uh, us over here at Social Media Examiner, um, here's kind of how it all ties together for us. Um, We create great original content every single day, and we make it easy for people to share that content on social channels, and they do like crazy. And what that does is it drives new people back to our content, and we know that on average – about 500 new people every single day that come to our content decide that they want more and opt into our newsletter. And we have 205,000 email newsletter subscribers as of the time of this recording. And then when we are ready to sell something like our tickets to our conferences and stuff, we find that about 70% of um, those people uh, are finding out about us because we're communicating with them via email. So I think it really does tie intricately together. And I think for a business to think that all they need to do is focus on the social channels without having a, a path to drive them into email acquisition is probably folly. And I'm sure you probably you fully change, agree with me. You need me. to change your, your company name to social and email <laughs> media examiner, right? <laughs> but it's really true. And I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, Again, you're you're somebody that's you know obviously your your roots are in the social space and the other people I've mentioned and every time I hear somebody with a, a more of a focus on social talking about email and talking about the success of email it really um, in a kind of a weird way it warms my heart <laughs> as an email marketing guy it warms my heart to see that that email is effective for you and and those numbers are staggering and what you're talking about is is incredible I know. Uh, you, you certainly spend a lot of time thinking about email and, and how you're communicating with your audience. So DJ, email has been around for a long time. And in the last five to 10 years, I have not seen much innovation <laughs> with email. And arguably in the last five to 10 years, we've had the emergence of Facebook, we've had the emergence of Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and just massive innovation on the social frontier. But really almost no innovation on the email frontier. I'm curious, where do you see email headed in the future? Is there any reason it may evolve? What are your thoughts of changes that may be coming? Yeah, first of all, it's, it's an excellent point. I mean, you know, there, there's been a lot done behind the scenes, I think, with email that, that the, the average person doesn't necessarily see. 
Um, and most of that comes around deliverability. And so, you know, it, it used to be back in the day when you'd press send, um, there's a lot of things, you know, that happened with your email. And, and now it's even more. I mean, there's a lot of filters that it goes through and there's, uh, you know, corporate filters and um, ISP filters and things that are preventing your email or allowing your email to get into the inbox. Uh, so there's been innovation, I think, around there. And the only other innovation I would, would argue is actually more around tools to manage your inbox, <laughs> right? right? So from the consumer standpoint, I mean, there's you know, a new, new one out here in, in the Valley called Mailbox, um, a new app that just came out. Um, there's uh, something called Scoop um, from the folks in Boston, um, Litmus Company, or L- Litmus, uh, where you basically manage all of your, uh, your marketing messages all in one place. But you're right. There hasn't been a ton of innovation. And I, I think where I'm starting to see it, and this is probably very uh, appropriate for, for this particular podcast and this audience, is I'm seeing a lot more integration of email into social. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I see that playing out in a couple different ways. There's um, you know, one of my favorite plugins of all time for Gmail, and I think this is for – I think it's just for Chrome and Gmail right now, but it's called Reportive. And um, I don't know if, if you or your audience is familiar with yeah, how it. How do you spell that? Um, R-A-P-P-O-R-T-I-V-E. Gotcha. What does it do? So it's a, it's a plugin. It basically sits on the side of your, your Gmail. And as you hover over somebody's email address, if that email address is used publicly to tie to different social networks – it will pull in all that information. So it's like so, a LinkedIn profile kind of stuff for that. Yeah, person. yeah, it is. So it'll, so it'll show you. It'll show you, for example, if yours. If I hover over your name, it'll show what your title is. It'll show your LinkedIn and whether or not we're connected. It'll show. I mean, you have to authenticate in those different networks. But if um, you know on Twitter, it'll show your last three tweets. Mm. And it's really interesting to me because I think from a if you're a salesperson, which Let's be honest, everybody is a salesperson or should be a salesperson. It's great intel to be able to look very quickly and see what are the three most things that somebody has tweeted most recently. And so when you're starting a conversation with somebody, um, you're at least kind of – and you can tweet directly from there. You could – you know, connect with them on LinkedIn. You can have conversations directly to show your most recent email exchange to them. So um, I think that tool is really interesting and really unique. Uh, but it also, to me, shows a little bit more about sort of what, where I see email going. It's becoming um, it, the, the the lines are starting to blur between um, the social networks and email marketing. They're just sort of becoming all all one in the same. If that makes sense. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too is that um, email does have some competition with Facebook. I mean, let's be honest. You and I coordinated this entire podcast interview via Facebook direct message, right? <laughs> We didn't exchange one email. So on, on the one-to-one path, um, you know, you could argue that um, Facebook makes it really easy because you don't have to remember someone's email ama- a mess- address. You know what I mean? You true, th- true. But I, want, I actually want to comment on that because I think that's really an interesting thing is that um, because Facebook, because you can turn on and off your notifications, it, you know, to me, Facebook messaging is an interesting, is an interesting one because I may have missed that. Right. I mean, I just happened. I happened to see it, and you get these red alerts in Facebook when you log in. But you know, if it was something timely, um, I may not have missed it. Whereas I think with with email, I'd argue. I mean, actually, the stats will show this. I'm happy to share some of those those stats with you. But people are in their inbox several times a day. 
you know, and they may not be logged into Facebook all day long. Right. And so, um, you know, in fact, it's a fun, funny, quick, quick story. Um, I took a 45-day hiatus from Facebook at the end of the end of 2012, um, and I had, you know, of course, anybody that's taken a kind of quote unquote break from social media realizes that the world still goes on, um, even though you're not participating. Uh, you still hear about things that happen, but I, I did have one person who tried to contact me through Facebook, like you said, with messaging, and I wasn't there. I literally didn't log in for 45 days, mm. uh, and, and and you know, now what he could have done is recognize I didn't respond to him and sent me an email. Um, he chose not to, but it was a missed. It ended up being a missed opportunity because of that. Okay, so you said you had a couple stats. Um, Let's, if you have them handy, uh, let's talk about a couple stats of the email frontier. And one of the things I do love about email is I think we've been programmed for the last 15 years or so to look into our email inbox and at least attempt to clear it, (laughs) you know? And I think that's one of the main reasons why email is still so powerful because everybody likes to, um, everybody knows, you know, it's definitely been a replacement for physical mail and it is arguably the best communication channel, the most assured way of getting a message through. Um, do you have any stats handy on that might persuade a marketer that they should also be involved with email marketing? Yeah, sure. So the, the, the stat I have is from, um, exact target. They're an email service provider based in Indianapolis. And, um, the stat, I'm trying to think of when this came out. It's probably six or eight months old at this point. I think they just came out with something more more updated too. But they, they run this great series called Subscribers, Fans, and Followers where they look at email, they look at social, um, and a couple other channels. And mobile, mobile too um, is, is a couple different channels. And the, um, the one stat that they give that really jumps out at me is um, the number of people who send or check their email on a daily basis – is I think the number is 95%, if not even higher, closer to 90, 95 or 97. That's that's at least daily, right? Which is an incredible number if you think about it. Um, in fact, when I go up on stage and talk about email marketing, I always do this test with people where I say, you know, how many of you have checked your email in the last week? And of course, people, you know, laugh at me as they're all raising their hand. You know, right. how many people have checked in the last day? And 95% raise their hand. And I say, how many people have checked their email in the five minutes I've been on stage so far? Yeah. And, you know, three quarters of the audience raises their hands because that's we're, we're, we're you know, you could argue we're addicted to it. But the stat, but that's email. Right. And there's let's let's be very clear. There's a difference between email and email marketing. Right. Email is you and I trying to coordinate this podcast. Email marketing is um, you sending out a daily email to your list that is, you know, more talking about uh, your blog or your company or, or events or something like that. Um, so the stat that jumps out at me is is the number is 77%. And this was in that same exact target uh, study where they said 77% of people prefer to get marketing-related messages through email. And it makes, and, it makes total sense, as a matter and, of fact. And the next closest is like – I mean, it's like maybe thirty, maybe thirty percent. I can't remember the exact number, but seventy. It was seventy-seven percent blew every other number out of the water by far. Well, that's a great transition to my next question. Um, for marketers who want to figure out how to use social to grow an email list, so that ultimately they can use it in some sort of marketing capacity, what are some ideas that you might want to share? Uh, there's there's a lot of different ways. I think at a at a very basic level, if you have a strong following on one of those, um, I'll just use the two biggest ones at this point, Facebook and and Twitter, uh, and you could say Google Plus. I mean, depends on what stats you're looking at. 
uh, I, I think at, at a minimum, it's important to let your community on those different social networks know how they can be on, go, get onto your list, right? So it could be very simple. It could be a tweet that says, I do this on occasion. I'll tweet out, you know, I'm, I'm sending the Waldo Social Weekly, which is my weekly newsletter. I'm sending it out on Friday. If you want to get this week's content, here's a link to opt in. Uh, you could do, you know, something similar on Facebook. Um, I know I keep mentioning Chris Brogan, but I think he does a really good job of this on Google Plus a couple a couple months ago now. He actually recorded a video of himself, uh, about 45 seconds, telling people about his his Sunday newsletter. And then he posted that on Google Plus, which if you know Chris Brogan, he has quite a large following in Google Plus, so it's the right network for him to do this. And uh, he got back to me on this and told me that his list on that particular day grew four times as a result of that particular video. Okay, so let's pause for a second because I think this is a brilliant strategy. All it really was 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 Chris behind his computer creating a grainy little video that said, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I want to tell you why you should consider um, not just following me here, but getting on my email list. And he made a case as to what the benefit was, and then um, boom, it exploded. Now, this is this along with your tip earlier about just simply tweeting, um, "Hey, be sure to get my newsletter," um, and maybe explaining why they should get your newsletter. Right? Um, there's probably some benefit that you should be mentioning, but these are things nobody does. We don't even do that, <laughs> you know, at Social Media Examiner. We're just we're just kind of growing organically because of our content, but we don't really ever um, promote being on our email list as a, a benefit to anyone. And I think it's this crazy, is, right? I mean, it's, yeah. you, you're exactly right. And you know, it's funny. I, I talked about, I wrote a blog post about this. I'm happy to send you the link if you'd like, but I wrote a blog post about what Chris did. And I remember thinking as soon as I was going to post this, people were going to say, oh, well, great, but I'm not Chris Brogan. I don't have a community on Google plus. I don't have blah, 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 blah. And so of course I built that into the blog post and I said, of course you're not Chris. I'm not Chris. The only person that's Chris Brogan is Chris Brogan. But the reality is He's testing that stuff. He's trying to see what works for his audience, and he knows he has a large following Google+, so it makes sense for him to do it there. So you know, for, for Social Media Examiner, you have a huge following on your blog, right? So and, and on that Facebook might, too. Right, 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 certainly. I'm, I'm just using that yeah. as an example, yeah, yeah. right? And so that, that may be the channel for you to promote it. So another, another tip on that is you can write a blog post about your email newsletter. Mm. And tell people to follow, to subscribe to your email. And just like you said, you have to let them know what content they're going to get. What's you know that W I F F W I I F M? What's in it for them? You know, and DJ, just let me say, I think one thing that all of us can think about that are bloggers is the key value proposition is don't miss another piece of our valuable content. It's that simple, right? <laughs> like if people love what you're writing, DJ, on your blog about um, email marketing, what better to say than don't miss the future articles that I plan on getting out, get them delivered to your inbox guaranteed because we all know, especially social media marketers that a tweet is only as good as its visibility. And the same thing with a Facebook update, it's only seen by 16% on Facebook. So simply by stating something as simple as that, if you love what we've got, then boom. And you know, uh, you know, someone who I think does a great job of this is uh, Pat Flynn, at smartpassiveincome.com, uh, he has some sort of a video that says, like, are you new here? And you watch the little video, and I'm pretty sure in the video he suggests people to, to get on his podcast list and, 
you know, or to, to, to subscribe to his podcast and to get on his email list. So just giving a case as to why, and that's a great idea, DJ. Let's talk about some other ideas. What have you seen others do, for example, on Facebook, maybe with tabs or anywhere else, you know, that's creative that might get people to grow their list? Yeah, I mean, with 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 tabs or apps or whatever whatever they're called these days, um, I, forget, I can't keep up. Uh, you can certainly build. Um, I'll just call it a tab. Um, you can build a tab that has an opt-in form, and a lot of email providers will uh, will make that easier for you too. Where you, you basically just you know create it, and you can almost create that form directly in their uh, in, in in their system, and then you know drop the code into a tab or an app in Facebook. Um, I've seen that work. I think the problem with that is, is at least what I've what I've seen, is that you're still putting a lot on the actual uh, potential subscriber. In other words, they're going to have to go in order to see that. They're going to have to go to your Facebook page to see that, um, and that's why I tend to recommend more. Post if somebody's following you and they're engaged. Post an update on your Facebook page on your wall um, that they're they're more likely to see than than having to go. I mean, let's be honest. How often do you go to somebody's Facebook page anymore? Yeah, the only advantage I, mean, I would think would be to promote whatever that tab is. So, like if you've got like a free ebook or something, you know, you could you could promote you know uh, with a promoted post on Facebook or something to check out our free ebook, and then you could have the form you know embedded into an app on Facebook. And sure, sure. I mean, I guess I would argue that, you know, instead of keeping them in Facebook in an app and spending the time and money to to build that app, um I would do I, I would say doing a sponsored post if you're if you're gonna go that route, um, with a link to your opt-in page and you, you can you can track that, you know, so you can do a unique URL for that. So it's uh socialmediaexaminer.com slash There you go. Facebook email or whatever you want to do and, and track it that way. I just think I'd rather – I'd still rather have people on my blog and out of Facebook than living totally in Facebook. Totally. Um, let's say that you've got a list and a lot of people listening probably have a list of some size. You know, um, Let's talk about ways you can use the list to mobilize people to social action. And let me start by sharing a little story about how when we launched the Social Media Marketing Podcast, we used our list. Um, we used our email list, which uh, was smaller than it is right now, uh, about eight months ago when we launched the Social Media Marketing Podcast. All I said in the email list was something along the lines of, um, hey, we just launched uh, a brand new podcast called Social Media Marketing. Click here to, um, to check it out. And if you'd be willing, please help us spread the word. And I had pre-configured links in the email. Click here to share it on Twitter. Click here to share it on Facebook, yada, yada, yada. And I even gave little blurbs and stuff. And what ended up happening was tons and tons of our readers, even those that don't even listen to podcasts, started essentially evangelizing it for us. They were sharing it up on Twitter. You know, the, the pre-click tweet had, had a little like message in it that said, hey, brand new podcast from at Mike Stelzner called Social Media Marketing. Check it out. And boom, it just exploded. So how can email be used? What are some other ways that email can be used to mobilize people to social action if you're launching a product or who knows what, a book or something along those lines? Well, first of all, I wish I had talked to you before we launched the Work Talk show because I could have used uh, <laughs> some of the, used some of those tips. You know, it's funny, like, it just, just as kind of an aside, it's funny what happens is when you're in, uh, when you're, you're preaching to people how to do social media marketing or email marketing, uh, you know, I, I find I'm 
I'm really good at telling other clients how to do it. And sometimes I don't practice what I preach, uh, even though I know I should. And oh, I know yeah. it works. There's only so like, many hours in the day, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't spend time on your own stuff. I mean, so I've actually I've actually tried to do more of that um, practicing what I'm preaching lately. So, if you know, if you're opt into my list, you'll see, you know, some automated messages that go out more personal things. I'm working. I'm actually trying to do what Chris Brogan's doing with the video because I think it's a, it's a great idea. Um, and some of the things that you talked about with launching. But I think. I think the idea is where, where people where people forget is that you have to you have to build your list first. You have to build trust with your audience and your community first. What happens too often is somebody says, "Oh, I just wrote a book and I want to promote it, and I've got to send you know I want to promote it through social or through email." But they haven't taken the time to build again not only the list but build the trust with that list because you can't. Expect somebody who you just opted into your list, all of a sudden you're going to turn around and ask them to do something for you. Right. Um, you have to earn that trust over time. So uh, I, I think using either social or email or combination of the two can be really, really effective, uh, but you have to have that trust first. And one way I've seen it work is you, know, you talk about this idea of, of combining social and email too. Uh, it, it's very easy to go in. And create a link that says, um, you know, let's say you have a, 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 a whatever your call to action is within your email, um, you know, buy my book or tell people about the book or share that we have a new podcast or I'm launching this new course. Um, you can easily take that and put a link next to it that says tweet this or post this on Facebook. And you can, uh, you know, you and I were talking about earlier, you can pre-populate a tweet or pre-populate a Facebook post with exactly the message you want it to say. So one of the things I do in my newsletter is uh, I say at the top of my newsletter, it, there's a section called the pre-header. And the pre-header is just literally the, the space above the header, that text where people usually say something like, can't see this email, view it online, um, which is, is, is what I recommend, not what you should be doing. You should have your call to action there. Uh, but either way, what I do is I put, if you're reading this pre-header right now, uh, please, please tweet this. Mm. And the please tweet, li- tweet this goes to a pre-populated tweet that says, hey, at DJ Waldo, I'm reading your, yes, I'm reading your pre-header right now, period. Those who are not on your email list should get on it right now. And then I put the link to sign up. Um, now, I, what I haven't done a good enough job is, is tracking how many, I, I can tell you anecdotally how many people do that. Um, but I haven't done a good enough job yet of tracking how many people opt in as a result of that particular tweet. But sort of like you and I were talking about before, I'm getting people to do marketing and get, I'm, I'm having other people grow my list for me. You know, this brings up an interesting point, and I don't even know if we do it anymore in our newsletter, but we know that a lot of people forward email newsletters around to colleagues at work or friends. And one thing that... Um, that we used to do was something like, Hey, did someone forward this email to you? Click here to get on our subscription list. (laughs) I mean, such a simple, simple little thing, you know what I mean? But like uh, a lot of people might, wow, I like this newsletter. I want to get on the list. And, and they don't know how, because it was forwarded by a friend. So when you start thinking through the, uh, the, the ways people use and read emails and then you make simple action steps for them. Obviously that's the key to success. DJ, I have one more question. Um, let's assume we built an email list. Um, I think one of the natural questions that a lot of people have in their mind is what's the appropriate frequency of contact, you know, social media examiner obviously sends every day. Um, 
may be too much for others. What's your advice to those that maybe don't have the track record of doing daily emails? Is it for everyone? Is there any kind of special frequency that should or should not be considered? What are your thoughts on that? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I say that sort of jokingly, but I'm actually serious. I mean, the answer the answer to that question is yes. And, and the reason it's yes is because... Uh, the, the frequency the, the frequency question is is one of my favorites. It's kind of in line with uh, what's the best day to send, what's the best time to send. Um, and keep in mind, you introduced me as one of your alsos from the intro said that I wrote a uh, co-wrote a book called The Rebel's Guide to Email Marketing. In that book, we talk about you know the basic thesis of the book is best practices or practices that are best for your audience. Hmm. And so at the end of the day, you know if you're social media examiner, you're sending an, a daily email. And that works for your audience. You know, you're providing great content for your audience on a daily basis. Uh, for me, and you've got a lot of that process, uh, you know, uh, automated. I don't mean that in a, in a, in no, a the negative, the yeah. negative connotation of automation, but you've got it. You've got a process down, and it works for you. Right. Uh, for for me, I am. It's just me. I, I you know, the thought of doing. I, I love writing my weekly email, but the thought of doing it daily, it takes up. You know, to write my email it takes a couple hours a week. Uh, I don't have the time, you know, or the, the the bandwidth as just being me to do that. Uh, but but I guess to, to to put a number around to to actually really answer your question, uh, it, I, I would say if you start to do anything that is less than monthly, or less frequent than monthly, your audience is just not going to remember who you are. Uh, I think daily is great if you can do it. A couple times a week is great if you can do it. Uh, for me, for me personally, I found the sweet spot to be weekly. Um, but what I do is I send a weekly message out on Friday, and then on occasion I'll do sort of salesy type emails interweaved here and there. Um, but people know that every Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern they get an email from me. Okay, actually, I actually have one more question. <laughs> it's my show; I can control that. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah, bring it. Um, so, DJ, I know you're an experimenter. And I know you're always looking for new things and trying new things. I would like you to share something that you've been experimenting with lately when it comes to email marketing. Maybe something that's new that you're not sure whether or not, or maybe it's something you've started experimenting with and you're like, wow, this actually works. And anything related to email marketing, what would be something that you would share as a tip that you've recently discovered or are experimenting with? Can I, can I have two things? Sure. I know this is your podcast, so I guess you can answer however you want, right? <laughs> um, so two things I've been doing. One, um, I've using, I'm using a great uh, SMS to email service. What is it? So it's called JA Text. J8 uh, as in the number J, eight? No, sorry. J as in Jason. A as in Aaron. Oh, Aaron's not a good example. No, that's good. I get it. <laughs> JATXT.com. JA Text. Okay. Um, so... It's a, a buddy of mine out of Baltimore named Justin Mastrangelo. Um, really, really smart guy. He's got this service where uh, basically you can ask. He'll, he'll provide you a, a dedicated you know, SMS number, four or five numbers. Um, and so for me, I, I'm gonna, I actually should probably know what this is off the top of my head, but um, I'll, I'll try to find it in a second. You can get it to us. Can, we'll get it in the show notes. Okay. So you can basically text a number to my last name, Waldo, W-A-L-D-O-W. And if you text that in, you get a response automatically that says, you know, hey, in order to be added to my list and always, by the way, get a bonus free ebook by joining, 
reply with your email address. And as as soon as somebody replies with that email address, they're then opted in. I send them sort of a confirmation email. uh, Sorry, sorry, confirmation text. And then they're on my list. This could be brilliant for when you're in front of an audience, right? Exactly. So that's my point. So, So somebody had said to me, well, how effective is that? You know, and I said, well, it's really effective when you're on stage. So in the month of November, I gave three different talks to live audiences. And a third of my list that month came from that SMS feature. That's awesome. Um, but I haven't been on stage as much lately, so it hasn't, it hasn't worked as well. But if you're somebody who gets in front of audiences, if you're doing webinars even, I mean, I talk about in a webinar, hey, you want to get on my list? Because remember, everybody has their mobile device with them at all times. It's and like what about for device. podcasters too, right? Because people are out and about listening to the podcast remotely, right? Exactly, exactly. And so it's a, just an easy way uh, instead of having to go you know, log into somewhere, that's an easy way. So that's the first one. The second one that's really been effective for me is uh, what's called a welcome gate. Uh, and the the service that I'm using, I can talk, you want me to talk about who I'm using and stuff, right? Yeah, so, sure. Why not? Okay. So uh, Clay Hebert, Clay Collins, Clay Collins, I'm just typing it in right now to make sure I'm right. Yeah, Clay Collins, uh, he's with a company called uh, Leadbright, L-E-A-D-B-R-I-T-E, leadbright.com. Um, he has a plugin for WordPress called a welcome gate. And essentially what a welcome gate is, if you were a first-time visitor to my site, so if you go to waldosocial.com, that's W-A-L-D-O-W, social.com, for the first time, I'm going to redirect you automatically to a, a different URL. That's waldosocial.com slash hello. Yeah, and I, I went there the other day, and what I see is a big thing on the screen that um, essentially offers an opportunity for me to get on your list or to skip it and then go straight to your website, right? Exactly. And, and to be clear, it's ugly. I hate how it looks. It's not branded well. It's not, it's, it's, it's like a pop-up a, that literally takes over everything really, exactly. right? It's, well, it's just a different land. It's all it is, is a, is a, a quick landing page. And is it's it ugly. only on the homepage or is it on all pages of the site? only there. So it's only if you visited, I think it, it puts a cookie on. So it's a 30 days. If you haven't visited in 30 days, it'll pop up again. Gotcha. Um, but what's great about that is, you know, it's free. So first of all, it's free. It's easy to install. It integrates with a lot of different email providers. And um, so it's a very, very, I mean, it took me maybe 30 minutes to set up total. How's it working for you? Half of my list. Wow. One half of my list is coming from that welcome gate. And here's, here's the trick to it though. And there's way, way more ways I could pay for it and improve it and make it prettier and put a video on and all this stuff. But here's why it works, at least my thesis on why it works. I was nervous at first because I said, geez, it doesn't really look that great. But if you ever look at your, your metrics in Google Analytics or whatever, remember most people come to your homepage. Most people don't go to a blog post. It's most true. It's one of the highest – yeah, one of the top pages. Right. So if they're going to your homepage – at least give them that opportunity. So I was missing this huge opportunity because people would come to my homepage and yes, I've got opt-ins, but I didn't give them that chance to opt-in right away. Um, now, the downside is it could be turning people off because it's sort of like a pop-up in some ways. It could be turning people off. But for me, half my list coming from that, no brainer. That's awesome. No brainer. That is so cool. Well, DJ, um, we could go on and on and on and on, but um, y- you know, this is a great time t- to end it. You've been spectacular, and I know a lot of folks that are listening right now, you've piqued their curiosity. They want to learn a lot more about um, you, and they want to learn more about email marketing. Where would you send them? Yeah, so first, you should probably just get your checkbook out and just write a check directly to – no, <laughs> um, just kidding. So the two best places to find me, um, I, I guess the first one I always say is if 
when you have a unique name like DJ Waldo, you can easily just go to your search engine of your choice and type in DJ space W-A-L-D-O-W. Don't forget the W on the end, um, and you can find me all sorts of places online. Uh, you could go to waldosocial.com. And um, also, since this is a podcast, I guess I should plug the uh, work talk show again. So we have a, a um, uh, website for that is just um, worktalkshow.com. DJ, uh, really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day to share a lot of your insights with us today. Thank you. It was fun. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview with DJ Walder. There was a ton of great ideas and resources uh, that were referenced in that interview. And by the way, you can get the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 40, the number four zero. That'll take you uh, to a page that has a lot of the interview transcribed and just a simple resource where you can reference anything that we mentioned in the podcast. A couple things I want to remind you about. Also, if you like this podcast, would you help me consider helping me get the word out? It's so easy. All you have to do is visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. You can do this right now on your mobile phone, wherever you happen to be. What it will do is pre-populate a tweet into your Twitter stream, letting your friends know that you listen to the show and helping us to get more listeners, which I would be greatly appreciative of. If that's even such a word. <laughs> uh, this does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.